I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome back to the weekly free episode here at A View from the Bullens. It's myself, Ben Winstanley, and I'm joined by The Bobble live from Mallorca. I've got him on FaceTime, I can see it. You listeners won't be able to see him. I'm just looking at his missus currently. She's absolutely fuming. She's doing another podcast. But how, how's your holiday? <laughs> I'm going to be divorced by the end of this holiday, that's for sure. You owe me a big, big drink, Ben. I think Danny, the producer, is has asked for it to be done live on air. So if Kat does want to finish it, <laughs> then <laughs> then it can be done now live on air. But anyway, well, she's currently got a bottle of prosecco, so she's quite happy. Though, but I think once that ends, if this podcast hasn't ended at the same time, I could be having to make a a bit of a dart to the bar to get out of the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> but we're just going to briefly touch on the week of Everton again. More downs and ups. You know, it's never easy and straightforward at Everton. We've had our midweek media roundup show. Uh, over on our Patreon channel. The link is below, as always, if you want to give us a try. But we're going to touch on a couple of things that we're going to go on to, especially the board moves. Bill Kenwright has somehow survived another day. 48 hours has passed. What were your views then on that bobble in regards to, you know, that they can't stick to their own deadlines, can they? No, no. I think in reality, the way they worded it with the 48 hours, they shouldn't have worded it. Maybe they should have just said... In, in due course or later this week or, you know, just as and when. I think when you set a deadline like that, given the precarious position this football club finds itself in, we all, as, as a fan base, you, you look at that, I think, right, within 48 hours to the dot, we're going to hear X, Y and Z. And obviously in football, sometimes it doesn't work like that. So it was just poorly worded. I don't think they should have worded it like that. They set themselves up to fail, which obviously they have. They've now broke their own deadline, which is really poor. I would just like to state, it's not the people inside the football club that are making that deadline or making that mistake. That comes from Mr. Kenwright and, and Mr. Mashiri. So it's up to them too then to, to adhere to that deadline that they personally set. Um, it's frustrating, of course, and obviously fans are waiting to, to find out what's going to happen. I think the main thing is, is that change is coming in terms of we've got a new board coming. Denise Barrett-Baxendale, Graham Sharp, and of course Grant Ingalls have all now left the football club with immediate effect. 
that's good news whether you agree with individuals leaving or as a group you know a clean sweep whatever it, it, it's a positive a lot of Evertonians wanted a change they wanted fresh impetus they wanted new ideas fresh faces at the helm well with those three gone who are the most active board members because they're the only board members but Denise and Grant Ingalls them, them, them two especially were very very active with Everton day to day so with those two going you are going to have a new impetus and fresh ideas coming in um, but regarding the statement itself, like I previously said, poorly worded. Um, it's, it's, I, I just think sometimes they would have maybe been better off holding fire on that announcement until they've made a decision or come to a conclusion with Bill Kenwright and what was going to happen further down the line. They maybe didn't need to announce all three had left on that day. Why, why not wait an extra three or four or five days until you've got all your ducks in order, then explain what is currently happening but that's all if buts and maybes this is Everton Football Club and we don't do things maybe the correct way but I think the main thing is is like a prim said there is change and those three going is a huge step it's a massive step me personally from what I know and what I believe I obviously can't speak for anyone but just by myself I think obviously with Denise, Denise going I was surprised she wasn't being moved across to Bramley Moor that was the initial penciled in move for her it didn't happen she then opted to leave the football club. I think it was probably right if she wasn't going to move over to the ground. I think she should leave. I think that was correct. Grant Ingalls was the biggest surprise for me, as I said on the media roundup on Patreon, Ben. I know internally he was highly thought of, and I know around the Premier League he was highly thought of. I've said numerous times on this podcast with yourself, Ben, that if it wasn't for Grant Ingalls, Everton would have been in much deeper water than they already are in. His relationships with the Premier League kept Everton out of Premier League point deductions, kept Everton out of court. He kept Everton on as straight and narrow as well as he could. Now, I'm not defending Grant Ingalls because, of course, he's made mistakes. Of course, all three have made mistakes. But out of the three, he was the one that maybe, just maybe, he could have felt aggrieved that he was almost collateral damage and had to step down as well. And Graham Sharp, if anybody listens to the patron on the channel, of course, me and you have been speaking about you know Graham Sharp probably leaving the club for a number of months now. It was pretty much on garden leave. So that one comes as, as no surprise. And in reality, with Graham Sharp, he probably should have stepped down a little while ago and announced it himself or got the club to announce it. Because obviously his legacy now is, is potentially tarnished with, with some Evertonians, I imagine. But all in all, yeah, it's a positive in terms of that. The three have left. However... The, obviously, the elephant in the room is what, well, what's going to happen to Bill Kenroy. He offered his resignation. He did. Fahd Mashiri would like to have a couple more meetings with him before coming to a conclusion with that. Also, you have to remember, you have to remember, a Premier League football club especially, you have to at least have one person on the board. There can be no board. There has to be at least one. So Bill Kenroy is currently the only active board member. So one had to stay in the meantime until everything else was settled and sorted with the likes of MSP and whoever else may come on board. And again, if you listen to the patron, you'll know, you'll know the names that we are talking about, Ben. So all in all, a, a hectic day, an absolute manic day, obviously adding in the Carlo Ancelotti suing the football club, adding to, to Tom Davis being offered a new contract, Seamus Coleman agreeing a new one-year deal. It, it's only Thursday, I know, but it's been an absolute mad, mad week already. And there's more to come, there's no doubt about that. 
Yeah, on, on top of this, more even breaking news, Danny, the producer, has spilled half of ice, his iced tea down his top, so he's currently faded. <laughs> he's currently got iced tea all down his top while filming and recording this podcast. But in, I agree with you. Um, I think I was surprised to see Grant Ingalls go, and that's not me sticking up for Grant Ingalls. I would have much rather preferred Bill Kenwright, Denise and Grant. Uh, Denise... Graham Sharp um, to step down instead of Grant Ingalls. I would have probably liked Grant Ingalls to be the only board member there and then obviously wait for the new board to come in. I just think Bill Kenwright always seems to cling on. He never seems to be able to let go. Farlad Mashiri has been a massive probably influencer in that in regards to him staying. So yeah, the, the issue with is Everton put a self-proclaimed time frame on this announcement regarding the chairman. I always think that's a dangerous thing to do because the fans are waiting. You've got 48 hours to do and then when Everton, as always, it fails to happen. It causes hysteria. And it's the silence more than anything. We've said about, in regards to most things, fans just want transparency. If they came out and said, you know, Bill Kenwright's going to stay and remain until a new board's found, just give us some sort of clarity and uh, of what exactly is going on at the football club. Because when there's nothing and when there's silence and when you breach your own time frame, that's when the rumours start. That's when people start talking. That's when people start getting a bit frustrated and hesitant and that there's no there's no real reason why Everton couldn't have come out and said anything but the problem for me is we are frowned upon within the footballing world of being a bit unprofessional not really sticking to time frames not really sticking to contracts and it's just another case of that again they said 48 hours it hasn't come and it's the small things like that which shows you that they are unprofessional from, from the outset and throughout but on Ken Wright Babble you think he's going to go? Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Well, he, he was set to go, Ben, and I think that that's the big thing. He, he offered his resignation. The expectation is that he will leave the football club. He will no longer be Everton chairman. And until Fahd Mashiri addresses the club and addresses the club media staff and addresses the footballing world, it's it's up in the air. But the, the, the expectation is still today that Bill Kenwright will be removed as Everton chairman and will step away and a new regime will begin. That is the expectation. Obviously, the only two people that are privy to the current meeting taking place is Mashiri and Kenwright. So anybody that says otherwise is, 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 is not speaking the truth because nobody knows what's being said inside that meeting at the moment. But as I've previously said, the expectation is that he will step away. And I think in reality, I think even if the most, even again, I can't speak for every Evertonian, but I think even the most pragmatic Evertonian would look upon the current setup at Everton and think, you know what, it, it does need a clean sweep. And like I previously said, Grant Ingalls felt maybe a little bit aggrieved that he had to step away 
But if the likes of Grant Ingalls are having to step away due to collateral damage in reality, then the person who heads up the football club in Bill Kenwright is the current chairman, then you should be removed as well or feel that you have to step away. That's my personal opinion on it. I think it needs a clean sweep. I think it will probably get the clean sweep. But obviously, we are dealing with Mr Farhad Mashiri here, who it's like trying to predict the lottery with him sometimes, as we know. Some things that look so certain and so now don't go completely the other way because... Mashiri isn't like any normal football owner. It, it, it's absolutely bizarre. Um, it, it, that's all much I can pretty say at the moment. It is what it is. He's still scheduled to leave the football club. He's set to leave the football club. But until Mashiri briefs the football club, Ben and Towers, the staff, then at the moment, including myself and everybody else, we're all in the dark. Yeah, definitely. You've touched on Seamus Coleman and Tom Davis' contract. Obviously, you were first to break the Seamus Coleman, uh, obviously remaining at Evan Football Club, set to sign a 12-month contract. But more importantly, Tom Davis. Uh, is there any updates in regards to Tom Davis? You know, is he going to sign? Is he going to stay? We spoke about pros and cons to both. It's just a, a bit of a a bit of a last gasp attempt from Everton, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's Everton trying to plug gaps. It's Everton looking at the transfer market and knowing that they're going to have a very, very difficult window due to not having much financial firepower. And then looking at Tom Davis and thinking to themselves, well, he would be a stopgap for a further year or two and he would plug a gap so Everton don't have to maybe go get a seventh player in the transfer market. Again, if you listen to the Patreon channel, we know that Everton have penciled in they would like six recruits. Well, that was six recruits was including with Tom Davies maybe staying at the football club to plug a gap to keep the squad numbers healthy. So if Tom Davies did leave, it would then require another gap that would have to be plugged. And with Everton just not having the financial firepower to do damage in the window, it's difficult. It's very, very difficult. And also, it's a short window this year. It's a lot tighter due to the World Cup. So obviously, season pre-season begins very, very soon. It's just around the corner in reality. I speak to a number of agents, a number of scouts, and also speak to a number of football clubs. And the term was given to me was that this transfer window currently is, and this was the word, a bloodbath in terms of player availability. It's, it's, like, your holiday. So it's like your holiday if this continues, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> probably, yeah, you're probably right. But it's, it's just, talking of bloodbath, they, they just said that the player's availability is just so sparse. And there's just so many clubs all going in for the same player. So it just proves how difficult a window can be. And I think this window is going to be very, very difficult. Well, it is currently anyway. So the thought process with Tom Davis, whether you agree or not agree, it was it plugs a gap for a further year. He's a squad player. He knows his role and he doesn't break the bank. Obviously, some Evertonians would agree or disagree with that. But however, Tom Davis wants first-team football. He wants first-team football. He told Everton that he would like first-team football. And make no mistake, whatever you think to Tom Davis as a football player, he has got offers. He's got offers from Premier League, Championship and SPL clubs. And there's now a meeting going to be taking place between his representative and the first-team hierarchy at Everton's Finch Farm to determine what he is going to do with his future. So he was also surprised that he got offered a new contract, Ben. I will just touch on that. He was he was surprised that Everton offered him a new deal. He thought it was going to expire June the 30th and he would leave. He's been talking to other clubs and at the moment, prior to the offer of the contract, there'd been no talks to him that he was going to be offered a new deal or be offered to kept on. So it's, it's a strange one, but when you look at the facts behind it, I think Kevin Thowell, Dan Purdy and Sean Deitch have thought to themselves, it's already going to be a difficult window. And if we lose another squad player after losing the likes of Andros Townsend, Connor Cody, Yeri Mina, maybe it's a stretch too far to plug all these gaps in one window. So maybe let's just plug some immediately with current players at the football club. 
What are your thoughts on Tom Davis? What are your thoughts on it? Um, I think, like I've always said, I think just one less position to focus on. I, I don't think he's good enough to be a regular starter. I do think that he's potential low risk, low fee, low salary. So it, it's always going to be difficult. I think Tom should go off and play football now. Um, I think he'd be doing Everton a massive favour, a massive solid in regards to staying at Everton. Um, he'd be doing us more of a favour than himself. But I just... It's hard, isn't it? It splits opinions. We've just done a, while you're off enjoying your holes, we just had a a few people in on the fans' view and their opinions were split as well. It's splitting the fan base. It's something that people will argue about. It's not me and you saying that he's good enough for Everton. It's me and you saying that it's just one less position to think about. You know, we're going to probably lose Gabamin. Gomez's future's up in the air. Um, It's just, you know, it will be, is he going to play centrally? He's going to the wing. Deli Alley's coming back. You know, there's there's loads of ifs and buts. And what are we going to do? Who knows? It's going to be an extremely busy window. I think in regards to the FFP, that news has resurfaced. Your good friend, Paul Joyce, um, has done an article today. And it's understood to relate to a tax issue surrounding loans for the club in regards to the new stadium at Bramley Moor Dock. And as you've always said, Evan are confident they'll beat the charge, aren't they? Yeah, they are. They are very, very confident. Everton officials are, are very confident that they'll beat the charge. They've always remained that they have been, you know, they've complied with the rules. They've worked with the Premier League and they don't feel that, that they have done anything wrong. The confidence, I have to say, to, to beat this allegation or charge is is high. They don't believe that they really have a case to answer. It'll obviously be answered in October by an independent governing body. That's the scheduled date. I think it's October the 24th or October the 25th. Don't quote me. It's one of those two dates. And again, Everton remain extremely confident that we've complied with all the rules. We haven't. We don't really have a case to answer. And when it goes to an independent hearing, it will be basically be thrown out, and Everton can carry on. That's the thought process. Um, but obviously, until it goes to the independent governing body, who knows? It's it's it's, it's if buts and maybe's. But internally, Ben, they are very very confident that Everton will not be found guilty of what we're being charged for for tax reasons. Yeah, definitely. I think it's going to be a long win. I think it's scheduled for October sometime. I think numerous other clubs are probably going to get involved now. Very bitter. It seems very repetitive of what happened last year with Burnley, Leeds um, and other clubs who were just a bit on a bit of a witch hunt. And people go on about Everton's FFP, profit and loss. What I want to remind people is the Premier League literally audited Everton for the past three seasons. They signed off on our accounts literally year in, year out. So how on earth we're breaching any sort of issues? If we are found guilty in regards to this, then the Premier League are, are, are definitely liable as well. Um, they did that with the Derby as well. <laughs> with Derby. <laughs> with obviously Derby County as well. Um, obviously the same happened with them. They were audited massively. So yeah, it, it's one of them things that we, until it comes out in court, we're not going to know too much about it. But it's interesting to know that as regards to the stadium loans, not in regards to anything else. But more importantly today, Bobble, the season fixtures came out. Everton will start the 23-24 season fixtures are home to Fulham and then we will travel away to Aston Villa um, then Wolves are home Sheffield United away and then the, another big game Arsenal home Brentford away it's quite a favourable run of fixtures isn't it you know it's not like last year where we had well normally we have like four of the top six in the first few weeks it's quite favourable fixtures isn't it 
Yeah, it is. It is quite a favourable look, especially when you, you look at the, the, the Fulham game to start off with. Obviously, Aston Villa is a difficult away game. They're, they're improving all the time, Aston Villa, then Wolves. But you, you look at it and last season, Everton basically thrown away the first four, five, six games because we weren't prepared. We were not ready to start the season. We were miles off it and we threw away a lot of points. And we've done it in previous years before that as well. Well, this year, we, we cannot be in the same boat because it, it, it goes to show if you start well, you can you can really set the tone for a season, but also it also allows you a bit of breathing space. It allows you to have a, a bit of a not blip, but it allows you to go games without a win because you've got points in the bank. And I think again that's very very important. Nottingham Forest did that very well last season. They started off reasonably well. They were picking up a lot of points at home, and it allowed them to go on a run where they just failed to pick up points, but they still remained above the drop. Leicester, they didn't start so well and they got relegated. It, it bit on them on the backside of the proverbial, so to speak. So Everton have got to be ready. And I think under Sean Dykes, they will be a lot more well-equipped. No matter what the starting eleven is, they will be prepared. They'll be physically prepared, mentally prepared, and they'll be a lot fitter than they were under Frank Lampard, especially when we started the season under Frank Lampard. Everton were not fit enough. It was clear to see. Uh, the metrics said the same as well. They were just not fit enough. But under Sean Dyche, he will get them ready for the first game against against Fulham at Goodison Park. And again, if Everton can just pick up a couple of wins in maybe the first four or five games, it will give you that little bit of breathing space. It takes the pressure off. And it allows things just to settle down a little bit. We know how Tetchy can get at football clubs. And obviously, it's the same at Everton. When we start the season after three, four, five games, we haven't won a game. Well, looking at those fixtures, if we haven't won a game in the first four or five games, it's going to be a nervy, nervy ground and a nervous place until you get that first win. So a huge game against Fulham first game of the season. Every game matters and every home game matters. We lost over, what was it, 10 games at Goodison Park last season. That cannot happen again. We've got to be much better at home. And it starts the first game of the season against Fulham. It's a winnable game. It's not an easy game. Fulham are a decent team. And obviously, first game of the season, you can get some random results. However, Everton have got to be ready and play what's in front of them and start the season well. We have to start the season well. It sets the tone, Dan. The first Bob on motivational speech of the new season has just concurred. <laughs> I'm already psyched and fired up. Um, I think I agree with you. The, the start of our season, we have to win some games. You know, we have to win three out the first, you know, six or seven games just to put us in a solid position. I'm not saying we're going to win every game because every game's tough in, the, tough in the Premier League. The biggest concern that I have is that Evan's going to leave it late in the window again. We can't afford to just throw away four or five games like we did at the start of last season. Remember, we did business so late and we didn't really get going, didn't really kick on. There was obviously uncertainty under the futures of Anthony Gordon, he's an Everton player. The players weren't particularly ready to fit and firing. They didn't have a full pre-season. I want Everton to act early in the transfer window. The window is now open. I want four or five signings in before we go to Switzerland or play these pre-season friendlies because that's how you hit the ground running. You get a squad, you get a mould and they, they know bits more about each other when you get a new sign and it's always difficult isn't it to obviously get them to gel get them to you know where they want the ball what they're going to do you've got to learn you've got to see these other players you've got to see what their strengths are what their weaknesses are that's what it's all about about being part of a team Everton are no predicaments and position to allow games just to pass them by like they were last year I think the first four or five games we drew was a two or three Bit of it we drew with Forrest and a few others got beat by Chelsea, got beat by Aston Villa away. Drew with Leeds, drew with Brentford. I think we were just drawing a lot of games. We need to start winning these games. I think the likes of Fulham at home, that's winnable. 
Um, Aston Villa away. I know they're obviously fit and firing on all cylinders, but you know, you can hopefully try and get a go away there and nick something. Wolves are home, another massive game. I think they're going to struggle next season. Sheffield United away. Do you look at those first four fixtures? Everton could be sat on nine points, and that'd be a massive bonus if Everton can really get on and win them games. Maybe I'm in fairyland, but fairy tale land, but I just want Everton to be difficult, be resolute, be hard to beat, and get the points on the board early doors. And there we have it, ladies and gents, another free weekly roundup. We do hope you are enjoying them. If you can, leave any sort of feedback on our social media platforms, on Twitter, or if you can, even comment on Spotify. I don't know how you do it. I've looked for it for weeks, but I don't think you can. Danny's shaking his head. The, the director's shaking his head. I don't think you can. But if you can comment on Twitter or leave any feedback, if you are enjoying the free shows, uh, or you can comment on Apple. So and review on Apple I'm getting told so if you want to leave us a review even on Spotify leave us a review subscribe on Spotify anything possible to help us would be a massive massive thanks but in the meantime have a great week up the toffees and all the very best